0: Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. Let me remind you about the channel that presents the videos of each episode in our series. The YouTube channel's name is Timeline, and you can find the direct link to the channel in the show notes or at my website, markvinette.com. The channel consists of four history video series. The first is History of North America, which, as you know, presents each podcast episode in video format with images. The second is the eponymous timeline series of videos, which is an exhilarating journey all the way back to the scientific view of creation. Titans of History is the channel's third video series, which presents the incredible people and events that shape the course of history. The fourth and final video series on the channel are introductions to each of my books of historical fiction. The ten-volume set is presented in ten short synoptic videos, highlighting each adventure through time and history. As we approach the end of our deep dive into England's Tudor period and its influence on North America, Let's examine the immeasurable contribution made by an Englishman on one of the continent's main languages and culture. Although this gentleman never visited the continent per se, his words flowed across the ocean onto the immense territory to greatly impact its means of communication. Let's explore the life, deeds, and works of this Tudor-era titan of history, starting with the audio of a timeline video celebrating William Shakespeare's marvellous words. This edition of Titans of History presents Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. The play Romeo and Juliet is a tragedy written by William Shakespeare early in his career about two young star-crossed lovers whose deaths ultimately reconcile their feuding families. It was among Shakespeare's most popular plays during his lifetime and, along with Hamlet, is one of his most frequently performed plays. The story belongs to a tradition of tragic romances stretching back to antiquity. Its plot is based on an Italian tale translated into English during the 1560s. Shakespeare borrowed heavily from this source but expanded and embellished the plot by developing supporting characters, and to heighten tension Switch between comedy and tragedy. Shakespeare's version was written and first performed in the early to mid-1590s, and the text was first published in 1597. Since the Bard's death in 1616, Romeo and Juliet has been adapted numerous times around the world in many languages for stage, opera, musical, radio, television, and film several lines from the play have become iconic, including Two households, both alike in dignity, In fair Verona where we lay our scene. From ancient grudge break to new mutiny, Where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, A pair of star-crossed lovers take their life. Oh, she doth teach the torches to burn bright, It seems she hangs upon the cheek of night. If I profane with my unworthiest hand this holy shrine, the gentle sin is this. My lips, two blushing pilgrims, ready stand to smooth that rough touch with a tender kiss. But soft, what light through yonder window breaks? It is the east, and Juliet is the sun. See how she leans her cheek upon her hand. Oh, that I were a glove upon that hand, that I might touch that cheek. Oh, Romeo, Romeo, Wherefore art thou, Romeo? Deny thy father, and refuse thy name. What's in a name that which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet? O swear not by the moon, the inconstant moon that monthly changes in her circled orb, lest that thy love prove likewise variable. Good night, good night. Parting is such sweet sorrow that I shall say good night till it be morrow. A plague of both your houses Oh I am fortune's fool Give me my Romeo, and when I shall die, take him and cut him out in little stars, and he will make the face of heaven so fine that all the world will be in love with night. It was the nightingale and not the lark that pierced the fearful hollow of thine ear. Eyes look your last arms take your last embrace, and lips O you the doors of breath, seal with a righteous kiss, a dateless bargain to engrossing death. A glooming peace this morning with it brings, the sun for sorrow will not show his head. Go hence, to have more talk of these sad things. Some shall be pardoned, and some punished, for never was a story of more woe than this of Juliet and her Romeo." We hope you have enjoyed this presentation and look forward to sharing history with you again soon. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. English actor, playwright, poet, and London theatre owner from the early 1590s to 1613, William Shakespeare, known as the Bard of Avon, authored at least 37 plays, and collaborated on several more. He also wrote 154 sonnets, two long narrative poems, and a few other verses. Here's the audio from a timeline video presenting one of his most beloved plays. This edition of Titans of History presents Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. The play A Midsummer Night's Dream is a romantic comedy written by William Shakespeare early in his career and first performed in the mid-1590s. It portrays the events surrounding the marriage of the Duke of Athens. These include the adventures of four young Athenian lovers and a group of six amateur actors who are controlled and manipulated by the fairies who inhabit the nearby forest in which most of the play is set, under the light of the moon. There is no known primary source for A Midsummer Night's Dream. It seems to have been entirely a product of Shakespeare's own imagination, although there are threads of earlier narratives woven throughout the play. The play is one of Shakespeare's most popular works for the stage and is frequently performed throughout the world. Since the Bard's death in 1616, A Midsummer Night's Dream has been adapted numerous times around the world in many languages for stage, opera, musical, radio, television and film. Several lines from the play have become iconic, including Four days will quickly steep themselves in nights, Four nights will quickly dream away the time, And then the moon, like to a silver bow new bent in heaven, Shall behold the night of our solemnities. The course of true love never did run smooth. Love looks not with the eyes, but with the mind, and therefore is winged Cupid painted blind. I am slow of study. Over hill, over dale, thorough bush, thorough briar, over park, over pale, thorough flood, thorough fire, I do wander everywhere. I am that merry wanderer of the night. I'll put a girdle round the earth in forty minutes. We cannot fight for love as men may do. We should be wooed, and we're not made to woo. And yet, to say the truth, reason and love keep little company together nowadays. Lord, what fools these mortals be! The eye of man hath not heard, the ear of man hath not seen. Man's hand is not able to taste, his tongue to conceive, nor his heart to report what my dream was. More than cool reason ever comprehends, the lunatic, the lover, and the poet are of imagination all compact. If we shadows have offended, think but this and all is mended, that you have but slumbered here while these visions did appear. We hope you have enjoyed this presentation and look forward to sharing history with you again soon. In 1613, William Shakespeare retired from the London Theatre and returned to his family home in Stratford, Warwickshire, England, where he died three years later. The posthumous first folio of Shakespeare's plays was published in 1623. The circumstances of his death remain an enigma to this day, as explains the audio from this popular Timeline Channel video. This edition of Titans of History presents Shakespeare's Death. William Shakespeare's death, as with most of his life, is shrouded in mystery. Just like his birth date, his exact date of death is a mystery. It is commonly said that he died on April 23rd, 1616, but no record of his death exists, only a record of his funeral on April 25th. He died at the age of 52 within one month of signing his will, a document which he begins by describing himself as being in perfect health. He was survived by his wife and two daughters. No extant contemporary source explains how or why he died. Half a century later, John Ward, the vicar of Stratford, wrote in his diary, Shakespeare, Drayton and Ben Jonson had a merry meeting and, it seems, drank too hard, for Shakespeare died of a fever there contracted. This is not an impossible scenario, since Shakespeare knew Michael Drayton and Johnson. Of the many tributes from fellow authors in the first folio, one refers to his relatively sudden death. We wondered, Shakespeare, that thou went so soon from the world stage to the grave's tiring room. Shakespeare was buried in the chancel of the Holy Trinity Church in Stratford-upon-Avon, most probably a few days after his death. The epitaph carved into the stone slab covering his grave includes a curse against moving his bones. Good friend, for Jesus' sake forbear to dig the dust enclosed here. Blessed be the man that spares these stones, and cursed be he that moves my bones. We hope you have enjoyed this presentation and look forward to sharing history with you again soon. I'm Mark Vinette, and thanks for joining me. It's always nice to have your company.